Hey, grown-ups! Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. We're a vegetarian household over here, and there were tons of delicious options over at Factor. I highly recommend. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50, T-A-L-E-S 50, and use code tales50 to get 50% off. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com slash tales50 to get 50% off. Hey grown-ups, if you could imagine the perfect education for your tailblazer, what would it look like? You might say hands-on learning, small class sizes, deep reading, open discussion, and for many of us, that list includes a personal one-on-one tutor. That kind of personal attention can accelerate their grasp of difficult concepts. The problem is, tutors can be astronomically expensive, and tutor quality can vary widely. That's where Synthesis Tutor comes in. It's an educational AI that can bring your student from an average to exceptional grasp of mathematics. The tutor works like a human tutor would, slowing down in areas where they're struggling and speeding up when they're gaining momentum. Except, unlike a traditional tutor, Synthesis Tutor is always available and is just $29 a month. Visit synthesis.com slash girltales to get 10% off and begin learning with Synthesis Tutor today. Hey grown-ups, Women's History Month is sneaking up on us and we want you and your tailblazers to join in the celebration of the amazing women who have broken barriers, shattered glass ceilings, and made history. But hey, we're not just looking back, we're also cheering on the future history makers, our very own tailblazers. Here's how you can join in on the celebrating. Grab your phone or tablet and record a quick 10 seconds or less of an audio message. Your tailblazer can tell us about a woman that they admire who changed history. Or you, the grown-up, can give the tailblazer an empowering message about how they will change history. We'll feature these recordings on our Girl Tales episodes all through March. This opportunity is available to our awesome Patreon members on Team Alba or higher. You'll find the instructions on how to send us your recording on our Patreon page. Happy Almost Women's History Month. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Grownups, if you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next tale, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is Fredala the Dreidala. Enjoy! I'd 
like to tell you about a friend of mine, Freda. As this week is Hanukkah, I have been thinking about Freda and the big impact she has made on our town. I take a lot of pride in my friend Freda, so you might hear me get a little into my bubby voice during this story. Bubby is Yiddish for grandma, and my bubby loves to tell stories. Sometimes her stories get a little off track, but I'll try to stick to the heart of this one. A lot of kids grow up competing in chess or checkers. Some even play the game jacks. But Freda wanted to be the best at dreidel. You may know a dreidel as a spinning top, or you've played the game yourself with four sides that each mean a different action when you land on them. But more on those rules later. I just want to tell you how Freda knew how to spin a dreidel. And really, she knew how to spin a dreidel like no one has ever seen before. Some people even call her Freydala the Dreidala. This story of Freda and what I consider the greatest of all dreidel throws surrounds the Hanukkah festival of freshwater. Every year, the people of Freshwater get together and throw a party that lasts the whole eight nights. The town cooks meals together, tells wild tales, and brings warmth to their neighbors as the nights grow darker and darker. Hanukkah begins on the 24th of Kislev in the Jewish calendar, as the moon is in its final waning of the month. Because the Hebrew calendar is tracked by the changes of the moon, this is true every year. On the first few nights of the festival, there is still some moonlight. But by the end of the festival, only the warmth of the townspeople celebrating provides the light. The whole town holds on to the celebrations of the festival to keep them warm and safe through the darkest times of winter. Mira, the rabbi of Freshwater, puts it together every year. The synagogue puts up a big menorah outside in the center of town with eight candles for each night of the holiday, surrounding the ninth candle, the shamas, which is used to light the other candles each night. Mira goes out to light the candles, and in every festival past, the whole town joins to watch it and celebrate until the final candle has burned out. And Freda loves the festival because every year she gets to play dreidel all week. But one year, the festival almost didn't happen at all. For many years, the winters of freshwater have been getting harder and harder, and this year was no different. The storms throughout the winter months lasted longer and dropped more and more snow. Sometimes there were very warm days as winter began, causing the trees and plants to get confused. They would keep on growing only to be hit even harder when the harsh frosts returned. This year, with so much snow and ice, people's homes weren't holding up as well, and soon the harvests that were so important to feed everyone didn't bring as much food. The people in town looked for reasons why winters were becoming harder. Without having control over the land, the people of Freshwater started to look for who to blame. And soon enough, coming together as a town didn't feel as important. Families weren't confident about sharing with each other, and talk of the upcoming Hanukkah festival had become a burden 
rather than a joy. If I cook for 30 people on the first night of Hanukkah, will each of those people invite me into their homes and cook for me the next seven nights? And if they do not, will I have enough food for me and my family? The people grew so afraid of not having enough that the first night of Hanukkah came and no one opened their doors. Mira came out to light the first candle of the menorah, but only two or three of the congregation were there to sing the prayers and bless the holiday. No one brought latkes to share and no one was there to tell the story of the miracles that bring us together even when the nights are the darkest. Everyone stayed home, but it also meant no one complained. They all had enough food for themselves and they could stay in celebrating alone. Maybe this was all right, Rabbi Mira had thought. Maybe this could be easier. But Mira hadn't thought about my friend Freda. Freda was not happy about the festival not happening this year. The next day, she went right to Rabbi Mira's door and asked her, Freda, you look angry tonight. What has happened? Rabbi, why isn't anyone celebrating Hanukkah tonight? Oh, I am sure they are. No, why aren't they all out celebrating Hanukkah together, like always before? Well, maybe some people aren't feeling very festive this year. It seems that there hasn't been a lot to celebrate. But isn't that true every year, Rabbi? Doesn't it always get colder? Don't the trees always die, the ground becomes hard, and the cold comes? Is this year so different? And if it is so different, isn't the point of coming together about believing in our strengths in spite of our weaknesses? The rabbi paused. Freda, you are very wise. I wish I had easier answers for you. Sometimes, though, the answers aren't clear until we discover them for ourselves. Oh, no. Freda could not believe it. Even Mira the rabbi had lost it this year. If the rabbi didn't have an answer but wanted to talk in riddles, then Freda had no idea how she was going to get the whole town to figure this out. Freda went home. She couldn't sleep, so upset with how little she could trust the adults around her. So, she began to play dreidel. If no one else was going to come out and play dreidel with her, she could at least spin the top on her own. She made up her own game of throwing and guessing which side it would land on. Here is a little history about dreidel. During the time before the Maccabees came together to reclaim the Hebrew temple, Jews were forbidden from studying the Torah. To hide from this, Jewish children were told to keep a spinning top in their pockets at all times. So, if anyone were to find them when they were gathering to study Hebrew and discuss the questions of the Torah, they could quickly spin the top from their pocket and show that they were just playing games. Today, the dreidel is printed with four Hebrew letters, Nun, Gimel, He, and Shin. The letters stand for the phrase Neskadol Chayasham, which means a miracle happened there. 
to remind us of the great miracle of the oil that lasted eight nights after the destroyed synagogue had been reclaimed. The game is played by everyone placing an item, a coin, or candy into the center of a circle. Each player goes around the circle, taking turns spinning the top. If your dreidel lands on none, you do nothing. No loss, no win. If it lands on shin, you put another item in. If it lands on hay, you get to take half of the pot. If it lands on gimmel, then you get it all. When the pot is empty or a round is completed, everyone must put another coin back into the middle. This goes around until only the victor is left with something to place into the middle, or of course, until the sun comes up. Freda played with her dreidel until the sun came up. In the morning, she had an idea. Rabbi, Rabbi, Ms. Mira the Rabbi, she yelled as she knocked on the mayor's door. Freda, what is it, dear? I was playing dreidel all last night, but because no one came to the festival, no one was there to play with me. I know you won't go asking for everyone to come out and make food for each other, but would you at least come play with me tonight? Oh, but it's so cold, and without the warmth of a gathering of people, I can't imagine it'll be much fun. Please, just for one game. Of course, of course, one game, but... Once there is a winner, then I think we should both go home and get warm. Okay, of course. Just one game. That night, Frida didn't light the candles with her mother. She was already outside of the synagogue. She wanted to be there to see the rabbi lighting the candle for the third night. And once Mira had lit them, they began to play. They had each brought ten chocolate coins, and the rules were simple. They played until one of them had won all of the coins. Mira was certain it'd be a quick game, even if the rabbi wasn't very competitive. How much of a challenge could a girl of seven really be? And everyone knew Dreidel was really just a game of chance. They played. Mira rolled only Gimmels the first three rounds. Freda rolled only Nuns. It looked like the game was over before it had even started. Rabbi Mira had 16 coins now. Freda, four. But then Mira rolled a nun. The pot was two coins. Freda rolled a nun. They each put in another coin as the round began. Mira rolled a hay and took half the pot. Freda rolled a nun. They both put a coin in to start another round. Mira rolled another hay. Freda had no more coins. There was only one coin left in the pot. If she didn't roll a gimmel, she wouldn't be able to continue. And even with just one coin, her odds were not great. Oh, Freda, I guess it's just a quick game tonight. Glad we got to play. I still have a roll, though. Oh, of course. Freda looked around. The third night of Hanukkah was another cold one, and the moon was less than a quarter of itself then. So the best source of light was from the four Hanukkah candles in the big menorah. Lucinda, the mayor of Freshwater, and her family had gathered around the game now watching, as even in a game where the odds seem to be against any dreidler, it's never over until someone has all of the coins. 
and who knows what could happen before then. Freda adjusted the dreidel and this time placed it in her right hand instead of her left and got ready to spin. Is that really a great idea to change strategies on what might be your last throw of the game? Freda looked up with a grin. If not now, when? She threw the dreidel and it spun. Freda's dreidel was made of a beautiful silver, slightly tarnished from the many Hanukkahs it had seen. But still, each letter carved into the metal gave off an amazing glimmer as it spun, especially tonight as it reflected the lights of the candles above it. Sometimes the best part of a dreidel game is just watching the top spin and spin and spin. But of course, at some point, gravity wins and it has to fall. And Freda's dreidel fell on Gimmel. She had won the pot. The game would continue. Lucinda the mayor couldn't help but let out a brief cheer. Hurrah! At that moment, though, the candles of the menorah began to flicker, and only the candle representing the third night was still lit. Mira spoke up. Well, looks like even though you've got a great spin at the end, Freda, we'll have to call it a game. Freda asked, why? No more light, dear. Lucinda chimed in here. Well, I guess you'll have to start up again tomorrow when the next candles of Hanukkah are lit. The rest of the very small crowd murmured in agreement. Oh, yes, yeah, well, I think that's that's so. Exactly. Have to play. Mira, trying to avoid disapproval, looked around and begrudgingly agreed. The next night, the Hanukkah candles were lit. Five bright and big candles. Even better to see a game of dreidel. And good for it, too, because tonight word had gotten out that a little girl had beaten the odds against the rabbi. And they had to see this. The night was dry with very little wind, so the candles burned brighter and longer. And good, too, because tonight the game was not letting up. That night, Freda was quite the opponent, playing only with her left hand. But Mira looked like she'd been practicing, too. So the game played. The dreidels rolled faster and stayed up longer. Each player seemed to only be getting gimmels and haze, so the coins went back and forth. The candle light reflecting off the spinning tops, the chocolate wrapped in tin, and it was a sight to see. Soon, Ms. Van Tassel from the house next to the synagogue had brought out latkes to pass around to the spectators. Amina Appleseed asked if she needed some extra apples to go with the potato pancakes. Of course she did. So soon enough, the smell of hot applesauce and latkes filled the center of town as the group cheered on the game. The candles did burn longer that night, but couldn't last forever, even if maybe this game of dreidel could. Soon enough, the shamas burnt out, and quickly the next four candles followed. The game had to be called for a second night. This time, though, the rabbi gave no rebuttal for continuing into the following evening, as at the end, Freda had hit some luck and was holding 15 of the chocolate coins, while Mira only had five. The fifth night of Hanukkah came, and the third night of the greatest dreidel game began. That night, the moon was but a sliver, barely visible to the crowd. 
The game started much later than it usually did, though, because in anticipation of the great dreidel game between the young Freda and the now competitive rabbi, a group of children had begun their own game. Not wanting to interrupt or change the location of their game, Mira and Freda waited. Luckily for them, on this night, Naomi, who had gotten much too hungry waiting out the entire game the night before, had bought a fresh cut of beef. And with the carrots and sweet potatoes from Leah's, they'd put together maybe the best simmets Freda had ever eaten. At this point, even Freda's mom was out in the crowd, sharing cider and stories about a Hanukkah ten years ago, when the rabbi made up her own songs and how they played guitar together and sang it deep into the night, even after all of the candles had burnt out. By the time the game began on the fifth night of this Hanukkah, the candles were little nubs, and it only lasted but three rounds. In those three rounds, though, Mira had managed to throw only gimmels, making the game a tie between both competitors. Freda announced to Mira, but loud enough to address the whole crowd, Should we continue tomorrow? And they did. The next night, the game began the usual time. The sun set beyond the landscape, and the candles burned bright. Seven for the sixth night of Hanukkah. And it was a new moon, so the only light at all were those candles. The game this night was the most exciting yet. You'd have very little idea of it, because tonight, the crowd was more wrapped up in the piles of latkes and the bowls of applesauce and sauerkraut and the stories about the time a stranger came into town to make soup from stones. Everyone was so wrapped up in the fun of it that no one had noticed the candles burning down so low. And only one child, still in awe of the game of spinning tops, noticed that it had come down to the rabbi having almost all of the coins. Look, look, Freda is down to her last coin. It was true. The pot had gotten so large. Freda was back to the same spot she'd been on that very first night of the game. It was clear the next spin could make all of the difference. With one coin left and a large pot in the middle, Freda needed to roll anything but a shin. Even with a nun, she could keep the game going one more round. Freda looked around, and even though it looked like she was about to lose this marathon, or some might say miracle, of a game, she was full of smiles. The whole town was out that night, and no one had one angry comment about who made more food or who would be in charge of taking care of the event tomorrow. She thought to herself, I did it. She adjusted the dreidel and put it in her left hand. Freda, you're going to use your less dominant hand on the most important role of the game? Oh, Mayor, I'm not right-handed. I just wanted to see if I could. But for this throw, I'll use my left. And with that, she spun the silver dreidel. It spun and spun and flickered light across everyone's faces and not one person took their eye off of it. For Freda, it felt like the top might never fall, almost like it could last all of Hanukkah and just keep spinning. But then, like every spinning top does, it began that slight waver. The sides that once looked so smooth and round began to have corners again, and you could almost make out in slow motion that rocking back and forth as each revolution became slower 
and slower, getting ready to land. And then, as everyone was watching, the seventh candle on the menorah flickered one last time and burnt out, taking away the very last light. The game plummeted into darkness, and the whole town could only hear that one side of the dreidel had finally touched the ground. The crowd broke out into... Where did it go? See what it landed on? And then one small voice shouted, Look! But not pointing to anything on the ground. Instead, pointing up. And everyone followed, looking up at the sky full of stars. Someone began pointing out the Little Dipper and the belt of Gibor, the strong giant in the sky. You might know it as Orion. Soon enough, no one was looking for which side of the dreidel the last roll landed on. The sixth night of Hanukkah was over. The moon was new, and the well-fed and happy town sung songs about the stars as they took themselves home to bed. The next two nights of Hanukkah went on like the festival had always been planned, and no one had ever doubted it'd be the best one yet. And for many, it was the best one yet. The moon started the climb back to full, and the Hebrew month of Tivet began, with everyone warm and full from the gifts of the community. And Freda didn't play dreidel the next night or the night after that, because the rabbi had given her a new job. Fredala, my dear, tonight I'd like you to light all of the candles of the menorah. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher kichanu b'mitvotav, Vitivanu lehad likner And of course, by the time she was done lighting each candle, four or five games of dreidel had popped up over the town center, and there wasn't any room for anyone to worry if Freda and the rabbi's game would continue, or to even remember to ask if on the last spin, Mira had won. So there it is, the story of how my friend Fredela the Dreidela threw the greatest dreidel throw that ever was. Well, maybe you think that's an unfair way to end this story. But who won, you'll ask. Rebecca, why tell us a story about a game at all? Well, maybe you'll have to ask Freda herself for that answer. She still lives here in Freshwater, and she still helps the rabbi put on the festival each year. She won't tell me how the great throw landed, but maybe you could challenge her to a game of dreidel. And if you win, she might tell you. That was Fredela the Dreidela, written and line produced by Harry Poster. Performed and executive produced by Rebecca Cunningham. Produced by Maria Wirtel. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And grownups, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and remember, I believe in you.